Hello everyone. Welcome to a new episode of One Vision. Joining us today is Vijay Krishnan, Director of Technology at Consensus. He's an Ethereum OG and has been around the blockchain product development space for several years now. And uh, yeah, I, I look up to him in many ways and he's a great friend. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Vijay. Thanks for having me, Arun and uh, Max. Pleasure to be here. Great. So let's start with your career journey, just to kind of get us all warmed up into this conversation, if that's okay. Um, in terms of, I mean, I, I, I've known you from uh, previous conversations. You you were you, you were even into uh, mining Ethereum at, at one point. So please tell us your journey uh, from where it started back in 2013, 14 days into where you are today. And uh, yeah, I would love to hear that story first. Yeah, sure. Uh, so this is becoming a standard introduction for me. So. I'm always excited to talk about, you know, how everything happened. Um, see, my background is, uh, you know, full of tech. I started uh, as a programmer way back in the Y2K times. So if you don't know how old I am, you can figure it out. <laughs> so um, I've been, been working on the um, financial fintech on Wall Street uh, for 15 years. So somewhere uh, in 2016, uh, one of the uh, exec called me and then asked me to Lead an innovation group. Uh, the innovation group had like two main uh, verticals in it. One was robotic process automation. The other one was uh, blockchain. Uh, for some reason, you know, I was now towards uh, robotic process automation because uh, it appeared to me more like a you know white label or a white hat SEO because I do a lot of uh, black hat and gray hat SEO way back in two thousands. So I was always uh, you know fascinated about the newer things. And blockchain apparently looked like very new and very complex because very limited documentation. There is very you know, few people who know what it is and what it's not. And sitting in a bank environment you know, to study about blockchain and do something on blockchain was very challenging at the time. So I started with Bitcoin uh, in 2016, somewhere like during Feb, Jan, Jan, Feb. And then it, it didn't go into anywhere, right? In two weeks, I wrapped up Bitcoin and said, okay, this is not my cup of tea. So Ethereum was just surfacing around during that time, right? Just got launched, you know, it's getting popularity, uh, you know, um, and a lot of newbies are like jumping into Ethereum because it was introduced as the first programmable money. So that caught my attention. So when I uh, looked at Ethereum, the first thing I was fascinated was um, smart contracts because it has something more what a developer will you know, uh, love about. And uh, even more uh, smart contracts, my attention was towards uh, how do you, you know, uh, make money using this new economic model. So mining. So in two weeks time, two to three weeks time, you know, I was running a mining rig in my apartment. I had like absolutely no clue how it all started. You know, I just started reading and then said, okay, you need this piece of hardware, you need GPU, uh, you know, uh, Rams, you know, then went to the nearest Best Buy one Sunday morning, bought some, and then I actually bought a wrong motherboard for the uh, processor. <laughs> I need to go and actually, you know, exchange in Best Buy, uh, you know, get a new one. So in in one week, I was able to set up the mining rig, but it took me another week or two to actually set up the mining process and understand what happens behind the scene and actually see Ethereum in my account. So that was like uh, in an eye opener for me, right? Because uh, being on the tech side, uh, being so much fascinated about uh, running infrastructure, uh, running trillions and you know, trans uh, in the fintech space and financial industry, 
you know this kind of uh, you know fascinated me to a very new level because uh, this is something that i was out but in a more structured way and um, i looked at uh, you know what else can be done here than the technology blockchain you know uh, was uh, really fascinating and very challenging because it's very hard to understand there are a lot of net- networking aspects to it uh, coming from uh, app development um, background it was really, really challenging i would spend a lot of time you know uh, rolling up my sleeve you know trying to break things the rigs will go down like in middle of the night you know sit and fix them at the same time try to understand how the blocks is getting churned and all that so after uh, months i presented an article more like a presentation internally and uh, you know uh, thought about uh, blockchain to the internal groups and we also got opportunity to work on a very micro mini project uh, with microsoft but my urge towards you no know, blockchain space didn't stop and ibm was still at time so i moved to ibm um, you know it was a easy move and i would say but there was not not even like few people you know who can interview properly for a blockchain uh, you know uh, job because that era uh, you know it doesn't mean that you know i didn't do well you know in fact uh, probably i <laughs> overperformed in the interview um, and uh, you know the opportunity because uh, there were like seven to 10 people in the practice at that time with ibm it was a golden opportunity for somebody like me who was trying to you know roll up sleeves and take up responsibilities i set up the uh, architecture practice for the blockchain with uh, uh, global uh, business consulting division with i so every week we used to do like three to five projects in blockchain at that time so one thing is um, one thing was was like more of an enterprise focus because that's what ibm was focusing at that time so in 3 3 and a half years i i could say you know i wrapped up around uh, 70 to 80 projects executing real blockchain use cases running nodes to deploying smart contracts to managing and then creating operational procedures for being a successful you know blockchain operator including running how to run consortiums so this kind of gave me an upper hand because very limited people that time can do anything what i was doing in that space so then aws was closely following me to join the practice and during pandemic i moved to uh, aws so in aws uh, you know this was more like a um, what i can say more like a ecosystem lead or cto for the part for uh, you know uh, architecture group we need to work with partners to help partners build blockchain related projects or blockchain on aws so on board a few um, uh, customers or partners you know consensus was already a partner at that time so nidic luca kaleido uh, r3 coda uh, a lot of these companies were like under the umbrella at the time so did some exciting work with chainlink uh, and a launch a product for chainlink and also launched a, a product for r3 coda at the time and um, you know i was just looking for more you know it was a good visibility for me to being being an advocate to many of the top uh, cxos in the world at time and uh, but i wanted to go back to ethereum because that was like always uh, you know uh, something i was missing you know i used to do a lot of side projects but uh, you know being an being an ethereum starter i always want to go back to ethereum so when i approached consensus it was like you know a natural choice for me because it all started with consensus so i want to go back to consensus so it was like going back to the mothership feeling so with consensus uh, um, you know it's it's a challenge because uh, it's a startup right and uh, 
coming back from a large organization to a small organization was always a little difficult in the first few weeks but the people are like super nice and also my role was like completely different in consensus you know as we uh, speak here i actually was uh, put in the uh, sales team trying to be an advocate for the sales team and the enterprise uh, focus you know consensus was trying to do that time and also being an advocate to all the customers that we want to work with including large banks fintech startups uh, you know name it you got it so that kind of gave me a unique advantage because i've done that a lot in the past and it was like easy transition for me so now i actually had the uh, technical pre sales for all the dev tools and consensus so this is my journey so it's like uh, almost 7 7 to 8 years in blockchain now and uh, you know if you want to correct it in web web 3 the new terminology but there is like no shot of excitement and fun no shot of learning any time you know it's always uh, you know busy great great thanks vijay and uh, uh, i mean i'll i'll start with something which is which is reflective of the market mood at this point uh which is the challenges we are facing today right because uh we 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 keep going in cycles uh we all know that uh for for various scientific and mathematical reasons um but uh, we we also need to kind of recognize what the industry really is lacking um um and and what happened through last year is perhaps not not some is perhaps something we could have avoided if we had the right uh governance and control so can you talk a little bit around that and then we can basically uh we can move into more of corporate technology aspects of uh, what you're doing if that's okay sure so i think uh see uh the events you know let's not take any specific events there are a lot of events that happen uh you know i think it's all part of uh, an evolving ecosystem right um i also see you know even from an individual perspective if you don't face failures you know become strong or like there is no defined outcome i think these are you know very valuable learnings whether it's like big or small there is a you know a bitter truth or like today this kind of fast you know these failures are are actually building the ecosystem to be for a betterment right a typical example is um, you know why are some of these organizations are like centralized so the nomenclature for at least the area that i'm working in is like decentralization so i think again uh, again you know decentralization is just the first step towards uh, you know some of uh, these issues right there is a lot of other issues in you come into de- decentralization right uh, you know you take about uh, you talk about uh, decentralization the first thing that comes into mind is okay blockchains are normally slow now right so the scalability is generally a problem that we have to solve and i think uh, we have come a long way from where at least i started right uh, it used to be you know uh, uh, 10 transactions per second kind of a thing to you know uh, you know few thousand transactions per second you know practically we can do no so which is a significant leap right and also if you look at uh, the number of uh, advocates or you know the experts or the smes that we have in this space has been significantly growing and maturing because you know everybody has failed at some point of time or they have learned something as they grow in this industry and all that so let's talk about security first right um as we go into more uh, maturity and inventing more in technologies like uh, zk right zero knowledge proof or you know zk evm to talk about ethereum i think this is what is like defining success for the future so any of the financial model you take you know it has taken like decades to you know really 
you know prove what they are today and uh, we are you know, we are trying to create a new economic model with the technology behind the scenes it is going to take much more time because the technology is changing so fast so scalability is definitely you know something we have to address and i think technologies like zkvm is definitely helping because of the role of technology uh, you know that's like uh, pretty much changing the way, way that we are uh, looking at uh, how blockchain will function in the near future or, or even like now right there are like so many innovations happening around with uh, uh, you know uh, roll ups on uh, it's like optimistic roll up or zk roll up i think it's all like adding up to you know what we want to do in the near future right and i think uh, uh the inventors like uh, vitalik have been like really communicating this very well right let's not put everything in layer 1 in mid layer layer 31 people talking about layer 3 already right to actually uh, escape uh, the next problem i would say is like why we have uh, so many issues uh, you know even today is the interoperability so anything that is not interoperable uh, you know it's actually Uh, more like a monopoly is what i can say that it starts with you know our uh, our own uh, you know uh, cd hardware drive right which we all used to at one point of time now you have a drive and if you insert a cd disk um, in the us it may work but if you use it in the southeast it may not work maybe ntsc pal compatibility right that interoperability was always an issue with us you know it doesn't matter which technology it is Right, uh, for the last twenty years, so it takes time to, you know, uh, you know, get into that. Probably could be uh, not, you know, a basic thing, right? Right now, if you see, I can just plug and play any CD-ROM in any any hardware across the world, and then start using the CDs, you know, that we have, right? So we have overcome that issue. So the time and maturity in this industry is like really helping us to narrow the uh, amount of window that we have. to bring up all these innovations and you know come up with an interoperable solutions i already like questions are like other ways of doing interoperability but blockchain interoperability will take some more time because blockchain itself is like maturing as we speak and i think it's just one fine day and you'll see like interoperable problem is solved okay what's next there'll be like much more that we'll be talking about so usability so when it comes into uh, non technical users right or uh, basic users who are actually the key to this entire ecosystem or this economic model i think we need to have more use cases that uh, it touches common man's life you know this is my new phrase i am using like everywhere right uh, for example you want to uh, you know you are waking up somewhere in a remote uh, corner of the world and your only way to you know buy something or do a transaction is using blockchain right then that is a different kind of uh, you know uh, world that we will start living in rather than you know now we have like so many other options i'm not saying you know that should not be options but the use cases that we do are more enterprise specific or more technology specific or more specific to business problem that doesn't involve a common man so when we start touching common man's life on daily basis i think that's when we really uh you know make that huge difference and uh, it's it's very hard because you know uh, being a technologist right uh, even for me to understand a lot of this concept you know using uh, some of the uh, you know tools that we have to do a successful transaction is like still still i feel you know that could be a lot of innovation happen uh, should happen and then make it like much more easier so regulation again you know people are scared about uh, regulations as we speak about uh, cryptocurrencies and blockchain so if regulations are like uh, black and white and if you know what is there in the regulation 
and uh, you know, again regulations are like geopolitical right so we don't want to go <laughs> deeper into that discussion but if if you have like proper regulations announced or like approved uh, in black and white and this is what is going to be people will not start to panic if something getting introduced all of a sudden right people know that it will come so that also helps in you know what kind of technology maturity that we need for the next generation users so security of course you know every day we hear about uh, you know people losing money even though people are using blockchain based technology but they also need to understand you know it money that is getting lost is not the blockchain uh, techniques like phishing or you know malicious links or you know other up you know where they enable you to go and click something or you know do something based on your action they take away all your money so i think security from the security aspect uh, you know there should be more education as well. I, think, i think education the first and thing that i feel uh, before anything else because uh, security all like is going to be taken care of by the technologies behind the scenes but uh, you know the proper education is also one of the uh, major and adoption so uh, you know as we touch more common people's lives on daily basis the adoption will actually be better so if you look at you know all these six or seven points that we touched this is the basic fundamental problem that we have some are fundamental some are like very advanced problems but everything has you know their own uh, bottlenecks that we need to get around and then uh, you know move towards a new future Thank you so much for that Vijay that's super interesting. I got quite a lot of points there and I I think I totally agree with you when it comes to I guess interoperability, usability, security, usability, etc. I guess you mentioned about common men. Um you mentioned about you know uh, I would say um solution that touches a common man's life. What is stopping us from getting there at the moment? And what are the interesting developments that you've seen? Yeah. So um you know it's it's very easy to answer this question right um as as you know blockchain itself is say 10 years old now from the time bitcoin came in like it's it's like little more than 10 years but the adoption has been very slow and i think i'm going to refer to one example uh, you know where the india ecosystem for telecom is very popular because of this see i used to own a mobile phone um in 2004 when i was in the us so mobile technology doesn't exist in india that time so i was in in 2008 they had their first mobile phone that time right? very few people are using you know the uh, the amount of money you need to spend to make a call in a mobile phone once not a common man can use it in 2000 all the iphones are replaced by mobile phone so today there is like probably 80% of the transactions that a common man does is through a mobile phone they don't you they don't use credit card they don't use any other pay they all use like some app the phone so it has taken you know a complete transformation of 10 to 15 years from a usability perspective when it comes into a common man's life right a common man takes a lot of time to understand appreciate what they need to do so similar thing will happen in the blockchain and if we if we need to accelerate that then more use cases more applications based on common man's interest should be developed um and i'll not quote the name of the company and the initiative but i'll give you a snippet of a healthcare problem one of the largest uh, provider in the world is working 
and it will touch more than half the population of the world and use cases like that right which also involves blockchain you know which also also could involve crypto at some point of time you know payment system using crypto so use cases like that you know where you know you can make that mass impact at the same time it feels the confidence for the user to start adapting and using the system is when you really see that difference Perfect. That's super helpful. And I guess I have a follow-up question, as Arun have indicated earlier. Um, we talk about common men. Now we want to talk a little bit about common corporate. What is stopping corporate from adopting some of the technology? Given that it has been around for some time, um, I believe that you know the education somehow has already penetrated the, the ranks of all the C-suites. Um, what is it that, you know, is stopping them from releasing products in this space? I'm asking this because, you know, I, I work for a bank who recently came out with digital asset custody. So I just wanted to get your view a little bit on, you know, there are other corporates out there. What is stopping them yep. from? Yeah. Okay. Uh, see, we're going to generalize all corporates because mm -hmm. every industry is uh, different, right? From banking to supply chain to others, right? You know, but we'll take Take like common examples and then, you know, we'll try to answer this question. Uh, you know, at least from my experience, um, you know, with uh, IBM, probably I've worked in like every other industry that was on the blockchain space. So one of the problems that I see on the enterprise is the consortium model. And the consortium model was never, you know, easy and never easy to understand or never even easy to get started on the first place. I always tell my, uh, you know, uh, the XT members, okay, if we can make two decision makers come to a room or come into a call and then come into a common agreement, then we have a successful kickstart of a consortium. <laughs> so, so this doesn't happen because, um, you know, there is a lot more than just two people coming and discussing in something about, you know, starting a consortium in a, uh, you know, corporate vote, right? Uh, that should be common business problem. That should be common interest investment. There should be clear idea about what is the risk of investment they may get. There should be common goals across the corporates, you know, when who are coming into the um, consortium model. You know, these are some of the very high level things, right? If you look at practical difficulties, okay, when you come into an operating model on a consortium, the consortium needs to be a legal entity. That's where the problem really starts, right? Uh, so then goes, you know, other things where okay, who to nodes and who is going to be the operator? Are we bringing a third party? What happens to data privacy? Who can see the data? Can you know my uh, sellers can you know see the bias data? All that kind of you kind know, of complex use cases that we're talking about. But on the same side, uh, you know, if you see there are like a couple of successful blockchains, you know, that really rocked the world. I don't want to name them, but you know, that's how you know the enterprise blockchain really became very big. In fact, you know, I can share this. Uh, I built Visa's uh, uh, B2B pay payment platform infrastructure you know, for uh, running a blockchain for the very first time in Visa. So it was a very successful project. And even now they have that platform running, uh, you know, doing the micro mini portion of the transaction capturing uh, using blockchain behind the scenes, right? But this is only a micro mini, uh, you know, aspect of uh, blockchain. The second thing I want to, again, the third thing I want to share is people think blockchain can solve all the world. It's like private or public blockchain, right? So from my experience, you know, probably I've done like what, 100 to 150 projects so far in the last uh, four or five years. Uh, 
most of the time being a solution architect myself i see blockchain fits into the solution architecture probably minimum 5% maximum 35 40% the worst case 50% still the rest of the problem that we try to handle is through the traditional architecture and traditional technologies because blockchain doesn't you know work in few of the use cases which we all think okay come on blockchain can work right uh, solve all the problems in the world i think that is something that i'm starting to see more and more when we talk about large impacts but if you compare and contrast with the public blockchains right you take the number of defi projects that we have you take the number of uh, nft projects that we have you take the number of uh, d apps that we have right in in multiple blockchains just 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 not ethereum right they proving a point is easy to do and launch a product at the same time i think not every project is a successful project you know people have uh, you know lost money in some of the projects people have gained money in some of the projects. and there are like new corporates or you know startups you know running everything behind the scenes you know who are like uh cfi experts now like doing defi expert the other day i was talking with a crm expert you know who is uh, bringing in a complete crm model into the uh, web3 a very very fascinating ideas right so you know people who are transforming themselves to become the new web3 gurus or the ones that i look for as the uh, uh, successful people because they have the business background they also have the technical background you know what will work and they understand that micro mini pod or you know the 5 to 30% that i'm talking about where blockchain or web3 can really make the difference in the project i think that is basically why we don't see many projects because people try to over engineer right people try to put everything in blockchain people think blockchain can solve everything i think that's when the fundamental differences happens you know when they realize okay blockchain is going to solve everything it's just only a medium to solve common business problem for common people common people thanks vijay so uh, again uh, doubling down into the corporate or enterprise technology space uh, as you said you've been in this for a few years and um, and success, successfully executed several projects um can you tell us a little bit about uh, what your focus within consensus what are the products you have what do they deliver for enterprise clients um and then there i'm also hearing some whispers around snaps cross chain snaps that you guys are getting getting out hopefully later this year or probably already uh, there so if you can first talk about the corporate uh, enterprise tech space and the products you have and then we'll move into snaps if that's okay sure so i think uh, you know um, to keep it like very simple uh, there is nothing like an enterprise product there is nothing like a non enterprise product right when it comes into blockchain it it can solve an enterprise problem or it can solve another problem so we have uh you know moved away from the consortium model because we we found you know it's not a working thing for us so and also you know uh, from the nature of the company right we've been always in the public space and it's a public space in the public ethereum space and all of our uh, projects have been mostly focused on the um, uh, public chain mostly focused on chains so from a product perspective i don't have to give an introduction madam ask the orange fox you know non custodial wallet so which is on the top enabling uh, you know people like you and me and even you know anybody who wants to buy sell hold cryptos or do a 
signature, you know, transaction approval, you know, that does it pretty much. So we also have another fox, you know, it's called a blue fox, which is called MetaMask Institutional. So MetaMask Institutional, you know, it's a replica of uh, the orange fox or the non-custodial wallet, uh, you know, which is a fork and also as a SaaS behind the scenes, which is going to give you options about, you know, 12 or 13 custodians, if you are an enterprise or if you are a soft bank or if you are a, uh, sorry, not a soft neobank or if you are a retail customer and you do not want to, you know, deal with cryptos and you want to work with a custodian who will manage the keys and the cryptos for you and, you know, you, you want to just, you know, uh, buy, sell, hold or, you know, start investing in DeFi space. So then what you can do is you can uh, pick and choose the uh, custodians that you want to work with behind the scenes and then use MetaMask Institutional as your front runner for uh, you know doing any normal trading activity or buy support, right? So then comes uh, staking. So we have something called Codify staking. Uh, in fact, we run a lot of staking for a lot of our customers. So Codify used to be a suite of products. Right now we have sunset most of the products under the Codify suite due to you know various reasons. Uh, of uh, have been like open sourced more than since I will say like they have been open sourced for uh, faster consumption and uh, reusability and all that. And uh, Codify under Codify Suite we have only staking right now. So we also have um, um, Infura on the backend. So Infura is nothing but uh, you know one of the first node service provider for Ethereum in using RPC. So uh, Pretty much, we can say we are we were the first one to introduce this concept about uh, Node as a service. So this actually originated in DevCon two in Geneva as a you know option for the hackathon developers to use Node as a service or you know, use a RPC node so they can focus on the business problem rather than you know start start to run nodes. So basically, the idea is like you don't have to run; we'll run all the nodes give you basically a RPC URL through which you can easily make the connection and then focus on your business problem rather than running your tech space. Uh, and Infura has been like the industry for um, seven, eight years now, uh, probably one of the uh, robust and reliable service that we have. So Infura and MetaMask works in, in a congestion because MetaMask much uses Infura behind the scenes to get all the data that uh, you see when you use MetaMask, most of the data. So then comes, uh, you know, protocols. Uh, before going to protocols, I'll talk about a couple of dev tools. First one is Truffle. I don't think, you know, I need to give an introduction to Truffle because Truffle was the first tool that I used in 2016 to, uh, you know, uh, write my first Hollowell contract to deploy and debug and then, you know, test everything. So Truffle has been around for quite some time. And uh, Truffle is one of the you know, easiest tool people have, uh, you know, see, seen so far. And it's like so easy to use. So it also comes up with a lot of plugins and VS Code kind of capabilities so that you know you don't have to code a lot. Use all these plugins to enable your smart contract development faster. So to complement Truffle and smart contract development, we also have another department inside consensus called Diligence. So Diligence is a smart contract security auditing division. So we do have automated tools under Diligence like Mythics, uh, Fuzzing, and Scribble which will do some kind of automation, uh, you know, if you are doing some kind of linting in smart contract coding, or if you are doing like basic vulnerability testing in smart contract coding. 
but we also do physical smart contract security audits and it's a physical you know we literally sit like it this in a group we use smart contracts and give like suggestions and validations you know based on the code that you write uh, uniswap um some of the other filecoin some of the other uh, protocols that uh, you know you see have gone through the security audit and are the uh, leading uh, smart contract audit provider in the uh, globe right now so finally i'll touch on the protocols we have uh, you know been the primary code committers and transitors for hyperledger base uh, we been uh, the primary code committers and uh, uh, owners of the quorum project consensus quorum right now you know which was acquired by acquired from jp morgan chase and uh, recently a uh, few weeks back we also launched uh, our own zkvm based rollups so which is under uh, testnet right now so apart from that there's a lot of other initiatives now i'll touch on metamask snaps so again a uh, user story i want to tell uh, you know you take your iphone or android phone right now or any other device right you look into the home page what you see is a bunch of icons with that device so if you just uh, take a stats on uh, google or you know search in your favorite search engine how many of those apps in that platform are developed by the platform provider for example if you take I- iphone how many apps in the iphone are developed by I- apple right so we have like 45 million apps or something like that i think some rough estimators uh, 0.001 and less percentage that is like one in 10000 app is what uh, uh, developed by apple so what apple has done is you know they given a platform they given tools for people to start developing the way they want to develop and the business problem they want to solve for the common man right or the common users or the enterprises it doesn't matter right so again chrome chrome plugins windows windows applications right anything that you take it's it's a more like a community driven or you know ecosystem driven approach so we are taking the same approach with metamask so metamask will become iphone so which will have sdks api layers and other tools that you require and what you do is you build a snap on top of metamask that means you are building an application on top of an iphone that's the comparison i want to give it's for easy understanding so what are the problems it is solving so everybody wants to work with metamask you know probably one of the best wallet in this industry right now and uh, you know we cannot go and start integrating our uh, metamask uh, you know base code with uh, multiple other people that we want to partner with us right it's practically impossible even if you do you can do probably 10 to 15 in a year right rather we we found this solution called snaps it is like very easy to develop you know just like takes like 2 to 3 hours to just create a snap so what you can do with snap you can actually uh, do cross chain transactions and the first uh, snap that i saw in a hackathon was solana snap mind blowing mind blowing using metamask you know uh, everything in metamask but you can do a solana transaction so now i can say you know we have uh, bitcoin snap we have uh, cross chain snap uh, we have uh, starcrest snap we have like so many snaps in fact in the last 6 to 7 months i would say i have around like 300 snaps in the hackathons uh, what snaps can do is it lets you to build your functionality bring your data on top of metamask and create a new economic model for you create a new uh, way of monetizing your data create a new way of interacting with other parties you know uh, in the ecosystem 
this is this is more like the iphone that we have and i think this is where you know we are uh, moving ahead with you know the the wallet uh, ecosystem where we have moved away from you know creating more wallet functionality rather we are giving the opportunity for the developers and the ecosystem players and the business owners to create more business opportunities for them and as well as you know add relevant functionality into metamask by using metamask snaps Perfect. I mean, at some point, that's super exciting. At some point, it does feel like you're going to be the wallet with all the applications on Web3. <laughs> Or should I say the window into Web3 is very similar to Microsoft OS, right? Your Windows to... to, to yeah, uh, you want to talk about PC. Windows or uh, Mac OS yeah. or iOS or uh, Android, right? Anything for that matter, yeah. right? So it's a platform. You build okay. something. I mean, sorry to barge that, that you... Sorry to barge in there, but... Um, when you were talking about snaps and and then these applications, the first question I had in mind was, when is it going to be compatible with chains that are not um, EVM, um, right? So we we get all sorts of EVM friendly on uh, on on MetaMask. Uh, we can go on their that network and perform transactions. But I would love to have a Solana chain integration somehow at some point. I don't know if it's even on your roadmap, but that would be awesome and stuff. Super cool. So, so I don't know. I think that is exactly why we want to bring in Solana, right? The example that I gave you, right? If you start doing integrations, we may do like ten to fifteen a year, right? And we'll stop that because you know we won't be able to scale. So now you know anybody uh, you know working on a zkVM or you know, somebody like Starkware, we already have a, a snap for them because you know if you specifically look at Starkware, Starkware are somewhat is quite different from what we use in Ethereum. Now we cannot add it into MetaMask. So right now there is a snap through which you can do a Starknet uh, transaction, right? So similarly, Solana transactions already there, and a Bitcoin transactions already there. The cross transactions there, non EVM cross uh, non EVM transactions already possible using snaps. Uh, and at the same time, you know it's still not GA, right? So this is a conceptual thing that we came out. We want to experiment, and we have got like tremendous response in this ecosystem, and we are coming up with a plan on. you know when to actually go ga so we can actually make sure you know people who are using snaps and building top on snaps get benefited and we also get benefited right it's a mutual benefit for people who are using the platform as well as you know the provider of the platform right not from just a monetization perspective but you know that confidence and trust that you need to bring in for people to build more on top of us and that's what we are doing and for that you know we need to be very robust in providing the tools and technology behind the scenes so that's what we are working on you probably you'll see some announcements this year you know uh, that snaps could become the ga and uh, i already have at least 20 to 30 uh, you know customers and friends really looking for that ga owners once so they can you know pull in the snaps and also you know uh, one of the idea that we also have is you know if as a best performing it should become part of the core metamask application and that becomes part of the core you know i don't think you know you know we can pick and choose you know? so so i guess you know just to one last question i think we're coming to an hour um you mentioned a lot of interesting stuff including snaps including some sort of institutional stuff i guess my question to you is if i were to cast forward what are some of the most interesting or should i say um 
development they are looking forward to the most, right? What are some of the future plans that you can share with us um, for both retail customers as well as the institutional guys? Because it sounds like, you know, people are going to build on Snap and Consensus, et cetera. Uh, sorry, MetaMask, et cetera. It would be great to look at institutions you're building on top of Snap, uh, on top of MetaMask as well. So we'd love to get your thoughts on, you know, what's the plan for future for both retail and institutions. Yeah, I think uh, it's an ecosystem that is evolving as, uh, you know, good, right? Um, so we've been consciously looking into, you know, what we can uh, do to make things better for both the non-institutional customers. If we address this mm -hmm. problem that we have today, uh, you know, with the transaction gas price, along with the interoperability uh, and the security issue and privacy concerns, I think it's a win situation for all the industries, just not the institutional side or the, the corporate side. I think, uh, you know, again, it, this could be a you know, long shot, but uh, ZKVM looks very promising. And that's one reason, you know, why we have launched a ZKVM testnet so quick. Um, you know, you, I, I, I think in two weeks, you have the number of uh, signups that we want to get. It, it is in thousands. I, I don't want to disclose the number. It is in thousands, but we are anticipating only like, you know, 20 beta users so we can get some feedback on all that. So I think we have, uh, you know, a vision that, uh, you know, closely aligns with, uh, you know, Ethereum right now. You know, we also want to make sure, you know, whenever Ethereum is ready for the next level of scalability, we also have products, you know, that will complement, uh, you know, that uh, readiness. So it's, it's going to be, um, you know, that and uh, on the um, decentralization aspect, I can share one thing which is public already is, uh, you know, I mentioned about infra. Yeah. So infra is going decentralized, which means, uh, you know, we are community around uh, node providers and inviting all the node providers and operators to be part of the community and, you know, provide uh, an ecosystem for uh, more decentralized infrastructure rather than, you know, um, either going towards, uh, you know, top five players, you know, now people have choice on who they want to work with being in a decent place. Uh, you know, right now we are uh, finalized with some white paper and high level architectures, uh, like announcements coming. Again, we are inviting beta customers for you know, giving us the initial feedback. Um, so similar to that, you know, we are, we are rolling out a few other functionalities on top of uh, Infura with respect to uh, you know, uh, the long-asked uh, trace APIs and, uh, you know, uh, some kind of indexing capabilities for data off-chain and all that. So those things are coming up as well. And um, one of the other compliance, I, I cannot say compliance, the request from customers was, you know, uh, when are we going to become like fully non-EVM compatible? So we already addressed address that, right? So we launched uh, near last year, uh, you know, closely followed by Silo uh, or Silo. And there's going to be like few more this year. So that means like we're already uh, thinking about, um, you know, being open other than EVM chains. So I think it's going to be a collaboration of EVM and non-EVM chains, you know, which is going to define the success for us. Perfect. I mean, it, sorry, go Sorry, I mean, I was just going to say interoperability seems to be the keyword going forward. I mean, uh, instead of operating as silos. Sorry, Max, go ahead. Yeah, just one thing, I have a separate point. The 
decentralization of inferior reminds me of Jesse Walden's um, you know, progressive decentralization, what he wrote in 2018 or 17, I can't remember. Um, I, I love the fact that, you know, that the leader in this space is basically taking the example of decentralizing that. If only we can do that to Visa and MasterCard. <laughs> Just saying. Um, but that's just cool. Right. So on that really good note, um, Vijay, uh, I think, I mean, I'm personally extremely thrilled for you um, and for consensus. Uh, looks like the roadmap is extremely exciting. Uh, and I, I keep following uh, following you guys on, on, on various channels. So uh, thanks for joining and thanks for all the product and uh, industry insights. Um, and uh, thanks to all of our listeners today for joining us and listening in. Uh, we'll be back for a brand new episode of One Vision next week. Thank you.